0: episode 36 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson. Thanks again for tuning in, sharing, and subscribing this channel. We look forward to building a new audience in the future. So if it's your first time listening to Strange Brow Radio, well, you're about to hear a flavor of what the show talks about. Little people, fairies, folk, elves. We have a witness, Sam Ritchie. We sit down with Sam Ritchie and... Well, Sam has an encounter, and let's talk about an amazing story. Sam Ritchie in a moment, but first, thank you to Ferrell by Erin Etsy.com, E-R-Y-N Etsy.com. You know, in the past I've said that these are museum-quality spirit tools, drums, rattles, and smudge fans, and now, literally, they are in a museum. You can go to the Casera Gallery, that's C-A-S-S-E-R-A in Stanwood, Washington, Look up the Casera Gallery and the work being done with Marcia K. Moore and Farrell by Aaron. Check out these pieces. Rate, review, like. All that goes a tremendous way. Alright, next we have Sam Ritchie and the encounter with the little people. Alright, as I said today, our guest is Sam Ritchie, witness. To the little people, we sit down for an hour and a half and go over the details of all things mysterious that happen in a forest. Besides little people, of course we go down the rabbit hole. Of course we do. And Sam has a uh, incredible background working in the radio industry, a musician. You hear a sample of that in the beginning, and also in the pre-production work of streaming a live radio show uh, for all to hear across the world through. Um, the town of Greenwater, Washington. As soon as I get those call letters here, I'll announce that. But um, even carrying this show. So sit back, enjoy our conversation with witness to the little people, Sam Ritchie. We're here today with Sam Ritchie talented musician as we make our prologue into the story of Sam's experience with the little people. Richie, that was some piano playing. I didn't know you were multi-talented.
1: Oh, yeah. I I do a lot of music.
0: Yeah. Well, Sam, you and I met originally through a conversation that we had, and probably initiated, with Barb Shoup. And then I requested some uh, audiophile engineer help. I saw that you were capable of such things. And then... uh, Aaron mentioned to me actually about your encounters or your experiences with elves or little people or mm-hmm. trolls or brownies or puckwudgies. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Okay, sure. so um, tell me a little bit about how this all started for you, as far as being an outdoorsman and looking for, you know, the unusual.
1: Well, I think or did it start out like that? Uh, I think there's always that one thing that's the catalyst that seems to be the the thing that stands out that people try to understand. Okay. Um, has to do with uh, uh, well, when you live in the city most of the time, and I'm a logical person because I'm a computer programmer by trade. And if you don't get out in the woods, you don't really see the strange stuff, you know, right. things that are happening that can't defies logic. However, you're kind of indoctrinated by everyone in the world to think that everything's been pretty much explained that, you know, that it's if something's unexplainable, then it probably doesn't exist, you know, and that goes for mythical creatures like Bigfoot, little people, or what have you, you know, aliens, UFOs. So, you know, they downplay it all the time. And then if you do express a belief in any of that, then. There's always the ridicule factor, the peer pressure in society. That well, it's changing, but in the past, it's it was always um, an issue. Especially in my case, I, I was uh, uh, had a very high-profile position with the company, and so it it, it definitely probably. Has some impact on where I'm at today, but um, it didn't hold me back from that. But a lot of people they don't want to lose their position, or it, it could be a money matter, or whatever. Uh, they'll just keep it to themselves. And there could be family issues. You know, they don't want to lose family connections. So, um, but I was always the kind of person that uh, if I saw something, I knew it. Was, I wasn't. It wasn't just a fabrication in my mind. So, I when i finally started going out into the mountains um it's because i was drawn there and uh was going out there like twice a week from tacoma area out to this place called greenwater and uh, it's halfway between inna and crystal mountain ski resort area something about the energy something about the just just the trees i always loved nature and I just felt a a little. I just felt renewed every time I went out to a place like that. So I was doing it twice a week, driving all the way just to hang out for two or three hours. Bring my laptop, do a little telecommuting since I was in that field anyway. And uh, I finally got the opportunity in 2002, 2012, I mean, where I was able to procure an RV and park it at one of the rental spots near, near the local tavern. And uh, that's when the fun began. So uh, the, it didn't take long before uh, I met Barb Shoop mm-hmm. down at the uh, general store, and uh, I didn't have any reason to. And so, so I just a, Real quick
0: to explain yeah. who Barb Shoop is. She's not only going to be one of the speakers, uh, you know, at the uh, Manresa Castle coming up here in October, but uh, she was. Pretty well known for YouTube footage of the cloaking image. Some think it's a Sasquatch. We're not really totally a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she was uh, known for her YouTube footage with with that mainly, and then with her dog uh, Gabby. Gabby. I want to say Goldie, but that's the new well, dog. Goldie's the new dog. And yeah. Gabby passed away. Okay, so that puts that in perspective. Bart yeah. kind of. Put everybody together, but you were talking about having a trailer there out near Greenwater.
1: And this is yeah, and this is back in when I met Barb. This is right at the time she just started doing YouTube because she had her encounters, which mm-hmm. I, I won't go into the full, but she had a major encounter. And uh, you know I saw the foot castings, you know, replicas of them, and, uh, and so I asked her, what's this all about? So she, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as well, you know, Bigfoot was eh, maybe I'm just a, uh, you know urban legend or myth or whatever. But I was pretty open minded about different things. So, um it didn't take long after I met her that I was starting to hear things, you know. I would I always think the Bigfoots are kinda like an intro into everything else. Mm-hmm. It's the first one major thing that you you think about or you haven't uh, some kind of experience with whether it's hearing the screams and I've heard those, the hollers. I mean very loud, it could not possibly be an owl or anything, or a bird or an animal or anything like that. And uh, pretty impressive sounds is that. And then, of course, when you finally, like in my case, I actually saw one jump at jump across from one tree to the next in the middle of night after you put a flashlight up there, uh, you start to, and start having numerous experiences where you actually see them. Your perspective changes changes in a hurry about reality, what, what it really means, <laughs> you know, sure. so. Um, Um, that's how it started so the window
0: of all this started with the question of does Bigfoot exist was that your initial question is I'm going to see if this phenomena exists or was there something else
1: calling you out there a little of both Um, I wasn't really I wasn't pursuing the question do they exist or not I just felt that Barb had this experience and we wanted to determine we knew it existed but what was it that existed in other words was it just a physical being or, okay. or anything so, so not we, much what, if they are but what they are what they are yeah yeah. no who, no I had, no question, had no question yeah. if there was something out there that existed right. we want to understand the nature of what they were we want to get past the narrative that everybody has like do they exist or not which right. is such a lame narrative anymore I'm just sick and tired of hearing that yeah. so I want to move past that I want to learn about them not if they're there Right. you know what I mean so, um, for me, everything kind of was like around that area for the first two years, you know, from 2013 2014. It, it probably had everything to do with Bigfoot at that time. But the experiences that went outside it didn't take long, which was uh, Barb Schut's, uh cloaking mm-hmm. situation. I was there when that footage was taking place. And, and when that happened, so uh, it was first hand experience. And, of course, the very next day, I had the experience of going up the trail, same place. I figured I'd go by myself and see what was going on. They say that if you didn't bring any recording equipment with you, I was more interested in the experience. And so I went up there by myself, and uh, I was expecting maybe to shake Bigfoot's hand or something like that. Okay, didn't, that didn't happen, but something just doing good, thank you. Something more awesome happened, which had to do with uh, the wind whipping up and some kind of strange energy uh, whipped around me. And to the point I had no fear, it was all about this exuberance excellent uh, excellence, uh, euphoric feeling. And then um, walking and seeing what I thought was uh, bright sunlight reflecting off of something, it turned out to be these rays of uh, orange bars. They were about three feet above the trail. They they were formed a certain pattern, like a portal or something. Four of them, they look they look like Z's, like the letter Z. Yeah, like this. Okay. But there were four of them in a rectangular box pattern. Okay. And and I got like within 15 feet of it, and like a, I'm going (laughs) like because of the state of mind I'm in with no fear. It's like. I don't see that every day. I'm looking at this thing. It says, maybe you watch this on Star Wars or something like that. I say, hey, like a lightsaber. View. And uh, so I'm walking past it and then going like, I don't want to keep my eyes off this thing. And it kept its perspective. So when you walk to the side, well, people on, the, on this podcast can't see that, but I'm shifting from side to side. And it actually is a static. It, it's statically where it's at so you can actually walk around it has a 3D uh, structure to it. So I just turned my eyes away for one second and looked back and lo and behold and this is like 3 o'clock in the afternoon 2 or 3 or something like that, a giant beach ball size orb that, uh, looked like a big gigantic soap bubble of electricity just all around it uh, was floating towards the light structure I just stood there and watched this thing slowly make its way to the one end of the orange light structure and docked itself in between the four Z's and then the thing would would blaze a little bit and pulse, pulse, pulse and then fade away this whole experience lasted uh, 60 seconds that was the first that was a life changing experience okay so that, that took it out of the realm of Bigfoot right there
0: What what year is this? That was in that was in
1: that was in 2014. Okay, all right. Okay, and uh, in 2015. Well, I know we're talking about little people, and just there's other beings involved. There's shapeshifters, and the I kept that um, I kept that experience to myself, as I was talking about Bigfoot. I didn't want to talk about portals and light beams and big old giant orbs, you know. Exactly a year later, in August, I decided, well, I need to tell that story. I have a YouTube channel on the planet Sasquatch. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and do a recording. I'm going to do a walkthrough of the trail, just like it did a year prior. And I'm going to turn around and describe and and show the scenery, exactly what I saw and describe as I went. Uh, When I did that, I, I, I went ahead and filmed up on the tree and everything and just went through the whole thing, posted it on YouTube. It didn't take long before a user on YouTube said, well, what about that big creature that was staring at you if you were walking by telling the story? I s- so I had to take a double take and go back and look in my YouTube video. And I'm looking at it, I'm seeing this thing up here, and it starts to look like, an, uh, like, a, like one of those large IDTs, the grays. Then it shifts its head and becomes something else. And I was, oh my God, I'm thinking to myself, I could see this, and it's shaking because you know people don't understand. I didn't. They were upset because the camera was shaking too much, and I had to stabilize a little bit on um, post editing. But but people had to understand. I didn't see it. It's not like I had the ability to put the camera around that object. It was after the fact that I saw it, and I was been able to stabilize that and put it. And it's very apparent. It shape shifts. Then it smiles, you can actually see the teeth, and then you can see it uh, smiling and turn its head like that. Mm-hmm. All in the space of maybe about 10 seconds as I'm walking past the area. So I had to slow it way down. Um, and then uh, two weeks after that, I went back to the same area. And then uh, turned, I walked through the area, no, nobody was there. I turned around and took a picture. And when I brought it on my computer to see, there were two beings standing in what I call the field of dreams. That—that's the area that all this is taking place in. And um, there it looks like a Bigfoot over on the left side, and then on the right, I just barely saw it because it meshed in. It cloaked in, you know. When I say cloaking, it says it color meshed really well with the <clears throat> background. And I had to look. It—it it, it took the shape of like the like the Hail Mary or like. The virgin, you know like virgin the, Mary virgin Mary but and, but it, it had that cloak look looked kind of kind of feminine So I zoomed in on it since absolutely could see the face and everything I, and was able to do some enhancements to the point where oh my this is not this is nothing this is a six foot tall being, but it's not big it is certain and it had a, every aspect of being an alien looking being. And what was so funny, when I took the picture and walked through there, it disappeared. So you know, I'm, I, I got a shapeshifter, I got something that looks like an alien being wearing a cloak. I have uh, portals, Like so all in the same area within a year of, the, you know, of each other. Then what, what happened? Do you mean your first year after moving to Greenwater, within 12 months all this happened? Oh, I would say not within the first 12 months, I mean, probably, uh, but probably after I was there for a, a year and started hearing the howls. Okay. This so all happened pretty quickly. Within the first two years. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Were you warned beforehand that this may happen to you? Did
1: people say, and you maybe doubted them that, hey, you no, no, nobody told me they had any of these experiences. Okay. I was having these experiences early on. It didn't happen to Barb or any of the other group as much, as, you know, it was, except for the Cloaker event, and some house and some sightings every so often, but the, the really weird stuff was happening to me early on. Now it's different. Now Barb and our, the out group are experiencing lights in around their tents and strange portals opening up inside the tent. And that's a more, Barb's more recent experience. Right. Able- and she may have talked to you about that. You think it's because they're more open, or do you think it's I, because they're paying I more I think attention? we're all We've we've been together for a long time, so we. I think yeah. what's happened is the air of familiarity with the, the these beings. Right. The whole collective consciousness of them realize that we're we're advancing and becoming more open to tuning into them more, and and so they're showing us more on an accelerated timeline. Yeah. So, and this is like five years later, and we're all, and of course, the little people came into the picture, because in 2015, in December, my first uh, uh, inkling of that was I went to our other camp, that's the same place you camped out over there, when you went. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh outside of Greenwater, a few miles outside of it. The place I call the Fortress. <clears throat> and so I took a picture I caught a picture of a small bean sitting there, and it looked like a Bigfoot, but something about scaling was the scale uh, size was not quite right. I says, "Well, it looks at all, but it's so small." And then I was examining a secondary picture I took of us. I I had to co- did a comparison picture. It was there in the one picture, and it wasn't another. So I, it wasn't a stump. It's something that actually was there and moved and it had the detail on the face and everything, the long hair, and even had a baby on its side it was holding. So I have those pictures. Okay, good. Um, and uh, But I looked over in the bushes, and I'm looking some colors that are appearing in between the branches and everything, and I'm going, this is after I get on the computer. I get a nice quality uh, monitor, and I'm zooming in on this picture using good high quality 24 resolu- uh, mega mega pixel resolution. And... With lights down, I'm looking. I'm looking in between these branches. And it's, it's like people in there. I look a little bit closer, and it, it looks like a bunch of like a bunch of little hippies from the 70s. They had the hairstyles. I mean, there was a group of four. Oh. There was about six or seven of them. A lot of them looked very human-like. Maybe oversized heads a little bit. Uh, the hairstyles were definitely very apparent. Uh, some of them actually looked like there was a mixture of other kinds of beans that looked like small greys and maybe some miniature lo- looking Bigfoots. I mean, it was it was there. Well, guess what? I kept that picture to myself for another year. I didn't want to talk about little people.
0: Uh, you know, can I get a can I get a ice water and just the ice water out here? So. We're at a bar, so that the, oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't. They they're used to me being at a bar
1: interviewing people. Oh yeah, um, so I kept that to myself, and I figured that well, I'll hang on to that picture. And says, usually what I what I do is, if I see another instance of this, I uh, know I'm not going nuts about this. Okay, so. Another year goes by, going in 2016, I go into the other area, Field of Dreams, I'm taking pictures, I'm looking at one of my pictures, and this one stood out the most. It was like, I'm zooming in on this fern plant, I'm getting closer, and there's something shiny, like a metallic helmet. What the, you know, the details, what's it like? So, so i was zooming in, and says, there's a little guy wearing a helmet. It's almost like a little... Uh, and it, No, it was it was two of them standing there. It was just unbelievable. I mean, what caught my attention was the shiny metallic helmet. Metal,
0: gold? Metal. I mean, gold, gold, colored. gold color. Gold color. Mm-hmm. And not like a hard hat,
1: but like a no, helmet. No, like a very smooth, shiny... Like a space helmet? Sort of. Okay. And I, I, I've caught some like that before. So I'm going to bring up a... Some conclusions, some, some okay. things about okay. that, okay. but um, theories. theories. So I said, Oh my god. So I took that picture, and, and what was so funny about it, that was a picture caught on the 12th of October. No, I think it was August or something, 2016. Then the next picture I found was another one. Don't remember which one it was. I, I caught several of them. Like that. And then the, that one's like August, September 12th. I took that picture. Then I found another one, another picture in in October 12th. They're all around the same time. I'm thinking they're showing up in certain periods of time more often. And so I collected all those pictures together. So um, I had posted that about the little people, so I finally got around to it. it. You mean you just hit up someone up on Facebook and wrote an article? Well, no, I posted it as a video on my client Sasquatch YouTube. Oh, one, oh thank you. You're thank and, uh, and Planet sort of,
0: Sasquatch is your YouTube channel? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: I nice. even have uh, the Planet Sasquatch Facebook pay, uh, group. Okay. And I've had that since 2015. So okay. uh, we've got a, a pretty good following on there. So they've been following this as I like, go, oh, and I don't hesitate to start publishing this. You get the few people say, I don't see it. Okay. Right. I they, We get that all the time, even if they could. But um, what really became... Incredible was was it last year? I think it was last winter. I forgot the year. I, it was around January, and uh, went up and it was right before snow in the Field of Dreams area. That's our research area. And so I take another picture there, and I'm taking it like into the woods, uh, into this what I call this ridge area, you know. And so I go home and look on the computer and look, so I'm zooming in on the ridge and I see, oh my God, there's a young Bigfoot staring at me. I mean, the deep, I mean, it was unmistakable as a young uh, Sasquatch, you could see his head, face and everything. So I thought that was something. Wait, and this was uh, after the fact or during the picture that you saw this? During while I was looking. Okay, so you were- Probably 90% 90 of the time, uh, there are instances now where I've been Train myself, now I can actually see them before. when I'm taking a picture. I mean, I can see them before, I think. But this was post-processed after I got it on the computer and t- took a look at it. And uh, So I'm looking at this young Sasquatch after I zoomed in on the picture, you know, enlarged it on the computer and saying, studying this, the detail of the face and everything, and it's, uh, I'm going like, man, this, is, this has got to be one of my better, best ones. and So I start moving the frame down. Now, I'm standing in this little area. Well, you can't see that. But you're standing in this little clearing. There's a, a small log that's laying next to me, very small, only about six inches in diameter. And at the end, so I'm looking at this picture where I took the picture. I'm zooming down near the slog, near my feet, like within three feet or less. And then I see this this old gray-haired man, white-haired man, with his head laying. And I don't know if you've seen that picture yet. I need to share it because I've shared that before. You see
0: the, okay, you back up, you, you see this, now say that again slower, you see a man
1: laying down? I see this white-haired, he has a very specific hairstyle, very like detailed Rick, face. Rick Van winkle kind of. Well, no, he was, he was, uh, kind of, uh, imagine a very well-groomed uh, Christopher, Loh- uh, or uh, Doc Brown from back there. Okay, gotcha. Sort something like that. Marty! Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he's laying, got his head down on the log like that because he's so close to me. Mm. I says, oh my God, this is... This is not an apparition. This is not a leaf just laying on a log. Nobody, you don't. You you show it. This is something you could show to average people. That's a manly. No, it isn't. Well, it's it it is, but he's only six inches tall. (laughs) So I went on coast to coast, him and and, uh, talked. uh, That was great because uh, I had a uh, got on there with uh, Connie was hosting at the time. And they had posted, it is one of the videos posted on their YouTube channel, talking about little people. And uh, I told her and said, "This. I had some kind of connection where I was able to determine a name association with this little guy called Sal, S-A-L and I um, was able to... Sorry, i kind of made a connection a little bit with these guys. Says, They're always here. And I'm finding it in the pictures. Says, Is my awareness like changing now? I says, I've been taking pictures since 2013, so I says, I need to go back and look at my old pictures, take another look with this new yeah. understanding. I'm looking for something really big. I'm not paying attention in the in the bushes and little places like that. So I go across one picture from 2014. There's a woodbrush pile still in the same area. that's filled the dreams area. And I'm looking down and it's just, oh, my God. I'm looking down and it's into the woodbrush. There's this little person. He's a little bit hairy. He's got the kind of a little bit Bigfooty looking, but he's okay. got the very human face. He's got the widow's peak around the, the thing like that. Wait, so you're
0: drawing, you're drawing your hand around your cheek yeah. kind of like a... You would with a wolf man or something? Yeah, something like that. So Very, it comes up around the, yeah, I, the high cheekbones? Yeah. I, and it comes down, okay. I, uh, How close were you when you saw something like that? How close were you able to get to
1: all of this? Were you able to get right up on this? Well, where I was taking the picture, I may have been about only 12 feet away. That's, you know, yeah, and, that's but extremely it's not, close. It's not because I saw it. says... I had a really good resolution camera that was picking up everything in the background, mm-hmm. and, and I was there's no attention to detail when you're trying to do it live, so you wait until you get it on the computer and it says, who's hiding in the bushes, or who's down there in the wood pot. It was so incredible because I got closer and closer, and then I noticed something else that was amazing. I noticed that this guy had... Um, Like the impression of I'm 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 doing this with my eyes and drawing a little black square around my eyes. Okay, specs. Oh, glasses. Well, old people back in the day called them specs or reading glasses or (laughs) the the kind the old square frame. This guy wearing little square glasses. I got a picture.
2: I call him Little Bob.
0: So
1: somewhere there has to be like a Little People Elf Binion's. Already. Well, I, I, come to, I come to the conclusion after, uh, and I've had multiple other pictures since then uh, in the creek area and the couples being seen together. I've I noticed them having wearing helmets. They're wearing different kinds of... I even came across one that was wearing a stylish, like, flamboyant hat. You know, in the same one, I've actually seen the same one in multiple pictures. So um, that's happened. Now you've seen these things also, though, with your with your naked eye. You don't always need a camera. No, it does. I, I went up the trail, and I looked up on the hill, and I, well, what it is is I there's a there has to do with the light spectrum. We can't see in the ultraviolet range. These guys are moving their color scheme up to a point. That's why they look so dark in the shadows, because no, uh, the light, the ultraviolet light's coming to our eyes, but it's, it, our eyes aren't responding to that kind of light. So in the absence of response, it's just pure darkness, black. Okay, That's, then We don't see any detail, it's just a silhouette. So. Okay. If I'm looking up, I'm seeing this little humanoid silhouette it's standing there, but I can tell. So I'm talking to this little guy and I say, I see you there. I know you're there, I've, I've gained enough experience with the people that. So I just, I just try to have discussions when I go in the woods. I, I've been doing that for a long time and just talk to them. And they understand English. So I'm asked to talk for about five minutes to this little guy and I'm like, you know what? And I go it's a little frustrating for a one-sided conversation. I'm doing all this talking and you're just standing there says. I wish you guys would respond or say something. And the second I said that, right behind me on the trail, I heard what sounded like, you know, those big truck mats that are on the, those flaps that are on the side of the back of the wheels, like the, the big old rubber things. I felt like someone took one of those, and I'm raising my hands up, holding it, and slamming it on the ground as hard as I can. Oh, wow. The sound was like, fuck, extremely loud right behind me 10 feet behind yeah I'm looking around so and I look over very carefully and nothing is there no one's around okay that's very common for people that
0: don't know that scenario call it a car door slam call it a door Mm -hmm. shut slam or a slap or a hit Um, what do you think that is What's your guess? What theories do you have? Minute, you have like, theories,
1: all the theories.
0: Yeah. Well, what's that theory? What's your theory on the, um, on the popping or slapping? I always,
1: sounds? I always feel at this point that the little people are, are in. I don't want to say foots. There, little people are are have a. They work with the big folks. They work with the Sasquatch, and since they, they have a tendency to be invisible and not be seen when they that when I ask for confirmation. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe a Bigfoot was observing. Decided to slam down his body or cause some kind of sound to to do that. Just to spook you? No. Well, just to make a point that they're in charge no, that that I wanted confirmation that yes. they respond back. I got you, okay. And yeah. so they, they wanted to make sure it wasn't just like, like some little tweeting bird over there or some <laughs> right. little owl or something. Okay. No, we're going to make it very apparent to you that it wasn't just an owl or a bird so you have no doubt in your mind right. this was something you never hear and this loud in the woods. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was quite a... That was quite a thing. But lately... Um, I know. How's our time? Um, so oh, we're good. Don't worry about timing now. Okay? Because um, there's so much. I could probably go on for hours. Well, I want to know.
0: Okay, so you've had a chance to see these on with your own two eyes on at least two or three occasions. Yes, at least. Yes. At least. And they range in. They almost sound like they're, the way you're describing is almost like a, a little bit of a hybrid thing. If they have a little bit of Sasquatch quality to some of them.
1: That's what's so funny is some of them look like... Well, I've been able... I could see them in the pictures. I'm able to, I'm able to discern the patterns past... In other words, I've been able... Uh, I've cloaked proof my eyes so I can actually see through some of the cloaking. Oh, we haven't had this
0: discussion. we got to know more about this thing. Yeah, it's,
1: it has to do with their color blending and my ability to, to... I've sensitized my eyes to the point where I'm able to see the very slightest color... Blending or this slight discrepancies between certain colors, like you say, two you can show two panels of green and say, "Oh, it's the same color." No, it's not. One, you, your sensitivity is raised so much. You know, there's just a, a micro shade difference between here and here. Right. And when you're able to do that, you can actually. And you start trained seeing, yourself to have this difference? Yeah, because I studied pictures for a long time. By studying pictures, oh. I was able to train my mind to. You start recognizing things. So you're, you're feeling out pareidolia, and you're looking for the real yeah. McCoy. Okay, I'm, gotcha. I'm noticing the differences between those. But, but then I'm able it? to see the, the exact pattern. I mean, if you study photos, okay. and you, study, you even study people that claim something's pareidolia, you start uh, becoming, that, uh you know, anything you, you spend an incredible amount of time of doing, you become pretty good at, at discerning what's real and what isn't. Right, you know, right, right. It's like when a disc jockey can
0: hear the most minute hiss or conversation in these headphones and no one can hear
1: yeah, their that ears it, are trained and, and, to hear things. And so, it's the same yeah. way, like I'm a musician. Yeah. As I probably demonstrated earlier. Uh, I do play multiple instruments. You know, uh, flutes, uh, pianos, guitar. I mean it's it just run and I've done music, written music, recorded music, it's been played on the radio station in times past. But but by doing that I developed an ear for music so I can see the hear the slightest sound differences. You know. But you can do the same thing with your eyes when it comes to light differences between colors. And that's that's why I made that's why the average person when they look at a picture, they gloss over things. They they, they get confused and all the what I call the the visual noise that exists on a picture. Right. By eliminating the visual noise, people can more clearly. Sometimes, why I enhance pictures, I try to lower the visual noise so mm-hmm. you can see the image come through. And I have an enhancement technique that I'm able to do that as well. So,
0: visual noise in this case would be foliage, like trees. The river,
1: the rocks, all of the camouflage. That's why it makes such a good distraction, because people's attention doesn't focus. They're not trained to look for specific things. We're trained to gloss over everything. We're not trained for attention to detail in the first place. And so there's a little unlearning that has to take place in reteaching yourself with vision. Now, with your music, have you found that that elicits activity? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a connection. When I play the flute, I develop a protocol for the little people. I play a call with two notes that I repeat three times, Then I wait uh, about 15 seconds and I'll repeat the same pattern. And they know that that's the call for them to come out and and then I'll start playing a set of music that I've developed for them. I talked to them, I said, in exchange for me playing these music for them. That I just want them to come out and I try to have some interaction visually, and in that I'm going to take pictures in the background. And that if you appear in it, great. You know, uh, so. But I've been able to have more success by doing that. By because, the reason I have so many pictures, and honestly, I had somebody call that was part of an Indian tribe up in B.C., British Columbia. Call his wife found yeah. some of my pictures of the little people and she was just shocked. He says, They're Indian tribe. it says, The only time they don't have any pictures, and they have never seen pictures of them, but they have carvings of them they made and they know what they look like. Well, I got a call from this person. You, you probably know who this person is. I don't know how to say who it is or anything, but okay. they, uh, um, he says, I just can't believe Where did you get these pictures? How did you take these pictures? Says, they just let me, I just take the pictures. I've been doing it for a while. He says, Never seen these exactly what they look like. He's, he's so emphatic, says, I can't believe you got these pictures. He says, Nobody gets pictures like this. And I says, Well, I said, I said, I think it has to do with I have a level of trust with these beans that they allow me to take. I have the camera with me on it, they allow me to take pictures in the background. They probably realize that I'm finding them in the pictures. I even tell them that I see them sometimes yeah. in the pictures. So, the trust factor is obviously one of the key things when you go out there. My intent is for the greater good. Where are you having your most luck? Like, what
0: you are out in Greenwater area? Are you still finding that that's where you're
1: pulled to? The field of dreams okay. area, research area, the one that Barb originally saw the clover. Okay. And just so people know, I have no idea where that is, and I. Nobody needs to know exactly yeah. where that is. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a little private research area. Okay. It's a common area where people go right through it all the time. Oh, interesting. But, but you know, uh, it's got a major trail to it. But no one would know. They'll never have the interaction that says, you've got to be a certain type of person to, for them to respond to. Okay. So it isn't necessarily just a geographic location. It's, I'm gonna take it's, a, it's after our interview. I'm going to take a guess.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. But I, I don't know that area well at all. Though you know that's the way this goes. Uh, is that you get uh, used to it.
1: I want to conjecture a little bit about something else. I've seen. Um, I've seen when I went out there, I brought a couple of psychics to try to feel the area, and and they were messing with this uh, camera, or something here, because it was fully charged. And uh, all of a sudden, it was dead. Then it went half dead. Then it was, you know. So it was going back and forth oh, like wow. this. And I said, I was just laughing. I, was like, I don't understand that this. this happens. I said they messed. So I found the picture and I looked up in the trees and I found two beans that were. They're probably the ones doing it. But I noticed that uh, some of the little people I've been finding more and more of them. Uh, they look like they're wearing helmets, but sometimes helmets. But the thing I'm finding they're wearing is like these little mouthpieces, little square white. Mouthpieces that are near their mouth, just like you ever seen, like like a headset. Garth Brooks
0: wears when he yeah, like a headset, some kind of communication. Yeah, like the Backstreet Boys. And I'm thinking, you know, and I've
1: seen instances. I had pictures of of what looked like helmets on their head and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you know what? We okay. Let's talk about little people. Let's open the door a little bit wider. Um, If you start thinking about aliens. We always think about aliens, the spaceships and all that come down. We're always thinking in terms of aliens as tall as us, maybe taller. And spaceships are gigantic. Has anybody ever considered the idea that there's a colony of, of ETs that are only six inches tall or three inches tall? The little people? Could they be a colony of ETs that settled here a long time ago, and have all this technology, which probably explains why they're able to cloak themselves or do all these strange things, like mess with someone's camera to cause it to be charged? I mean, we're already developing technology as humans that are kind of showing a lot, a lot of things that we saw as science fiction. We're right. starting to, rip. like, we're starting to talk about teleportation now. We're starting to talk about that moving things from one side to another, You know, and uh, so there's nothing out of the realm of possibility anymore because of science. So that being the case, what happens if they never lost their technology? What happens if they've always had it and they have... Obviously, a six-inch tall beings can't integrate with human society, nor would they want to. They would have to stay hidden in remote areas like the Cascade Mountains and other places where they could live their lives kind of unhindered, from, right. And you know, they just keep themselves hidden. That part of their technology is being able to survive and stay stuck. Right. Unless they want to find certain individuals they want to talk to. Okay. Or interact, not talk to, but interact you know? Right. So I'm, I'm feeling that, okay, maybe they are ETs, maybe they're recent ETs, or they could be ETs or a race of people that might have been here for eons but never lost their ability to develop technology. So, like the little guy wearing glasses. You know, you have to just ask yourself, you start out thinking just because they're not human doesn't mean they're primitive little things running around the woods that don't have any concept like animals. That's just, it could be highly evolved beings. With bad vision? Huh? Maybe suffering from the same things we do as Right, humans. right. Too much Elf Jeopardy. Something <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. I mean, if I could walk a day in a in, in little people's shoes. It would take you a long time <laughs> to get anywhere. I've heard right. I've heard stories of people um, going through portals and ending up walking into a little person saying, having something to eat and leave. Yeah. They come back and it's 15 years later. I mean, oh, the yeah. time distortion, I think you get this time-space distortion You go through these portals and you end up in their realm and you come back and all of a sudden it's 50 years later. Everybody you ever known is either gone or old or... I mean, well, it's just... Well, that pattern that you saw... The maybe shimmering. the Rip Van Winkle story has some well, elements right. of truth to it, you know? Well, don't you think a lot of these stories do? I believe there there's there's shades of truth yeah. that people mask in myths. Yeah. All of them have truth too. Right. You know.
0: So when you saw the zigzag pattern, though, did you how did you approach it, and how close did you get to you... it? I
1: got within. I walked right next to it, or maybe as close as ten feet away. I know the exact spot it was sitting. After I said I I don't see that every day, I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand what it is. The first thought I get, I don't want to get any closer. I don't want to take a one-way trip. So you didn't. You weren't tempted. I thought about it, but yeah. I I'm I'm cautious. I'm like I I was happy just observing. I didn't want to like go the distance and walk up and put my hand in. It or, that might have killed me. You know, also thinking maybe that's something I shouldn't have done. Maybe something put my well, thought in hey, me: stay at bay where you're at. You can watch, but don't get any closer. Mm-hmm. So maybe that that came across to me. Did you attempt to take a photo, or were you in that frame of mind? Remember, it was the, it was the time I went up there, and I, okay. I promised myself not to take any. So you night. didn't
0: even sneak one up, and there was nothing. You no, because the then I, goodness, I, I thought if
1: I brought some up, I would not have the experience. I got you. So the experience... Well, has that theory
0: worked out for you? Have you found that that's true, that technology limits your experience?
1: Sometimes. It, only only from the standpoint that they allow they allowed pictures, for instance, they allow me to do it. You know, uh, I don't try to sneak... I carry it with me. I don't hide it. I don't sneak, well, spy USB things and... and Log or something like that. I mean, it's been tried, but you don't want. You need to understand that they know your intention on everything that you're doing. If you're there, very open-minded about things, you have a tape recorder with you or a camera. You tell them, I have this. I hope you don't mind. You know, be very straightforward with them. They like. It's a sign of disrespect for you to try to. You know, pull the wool over their.
0: Well, okay, so who do you think has a shorter temper, if you could, if, if there is a shorter temper for either one, the little people? But they kind of, they kind of have a reputation of being a little bit feisty and nasty, is that the case?
1: I don't know that as much as, some of them have been noted as being tricksters a little bit, or like, I know. I've had nothing but good feeling coming from him. The Bigfoot sometimes I've had more like, you know, I'd play games with one where I was hiding from him and could see the eyes and hide behind a tree at night. And he would wondering where I'm at. And I went, jumped out in front and looked down at him. I took off, finally passed him, and then he shows up two weeks later at my cabin. And as I'm locking the door and it's dark behind there and right in the woods, I hear a, whoo, like like really amplified, just scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> and I said, Who's there?
2: Not
1: not like a bird. I mean this is really amplified sound, and, yeah. and I'm going like I'm acting like I don't know what it is. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> and then I went, <laughs> And and he went Whoo! and then we walked
0: off. Have you named any of these individuals? Have they given you uh, names? You have no
1: names. Do they have names? I wish I had. Well, actually, some of them... Um, some of them have revealed their names to, like, uh, one in particular, Barb, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't I know if she's that. brought that up. Yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, she brought that up. I had a Russian girl that was staying in the cabin nearby that uh, actually had a young one. She's come up. Some, some. She's in a Russian accent. She had Ukrainian. I think some... So, so, I didn't know there were little monkeys in the woods. She's, oh, wow. So she doesn't even finish. So she says, there's a little monkey to run out in my thing. It's just standing there and zip like like nobody's business into the woods. Insisting. And then she come, told me that a little later, so he kept coming around the cabin. Obviously, this little guy liked her, you know. And uh, he was, uh, he something about the, the, the girl, the Ukrainian woman, uh, had the ability to, telepathy or had they go and so she says uh, the name of the, the you know, being the was Kobach. The young one's name was Kobach, but uh, explained, gave thought to her that the parents, he uh, would not have, the Sasquatch parents would not like the idea of him hanging around with her. So, and, and of course she, she left the area and everything, but she did tell me about that experience. He'd, wow. he'd come around every night, just banging on, just you know, messing around, just banging on the cabin, mm-hmm. and uh, just messing around, just playing with, you
0: know. Where do you think the little people go when they, when it's all said and done, and they've had their experience up here? Are they just between the veils, still here, and we can't see them partially, they...
1: but I also think they're ground dwellers. Okay. You know, like these large stumps. Why and do you think that? I, because they're, it's convenient to, to... A lot of the stumps have these root systems that once they rot out, they form great tunnels in there yeah. in large caverns inside of there. So, you know, you could look all you want inside there, but you would never see them. You would, uh, maybe in their own fifth-dimensional sense or some of their uh, interdimensional, they appear. Even their village might even appear. I even had one instance... Uh, I'm just going to relate to one thing. I, I've been studying this phenomenon of bending light over dense, shiny objects and being able to see things that you never would see before. And I, I noticed this one log after a rain, you know, like an old raw log that's had the bark off that's slimy shiny on it. took a picture of it and I, I, I closed in on it and it actually had this. Um, when I, when I enhanced the picture, it was actually a picture of a village.
2: You know, I mean, you could actually. I didn't catch that. <laughs> we have Did a... catch that. Didn't
1: catch that. Siri's
0: got a mind of her own. Wait, no, shut up, so, Siri. Here, wait. Go back here. You're saying.
1: <laughs> I think I, I caught, I, I ability to be able to see into an interdimensional window by looking through this bent light off this tree, and actually have. They, the rooftops and doorways and everything seemed this—is that because you trained your eyes? No, I don't know. Not that one. That one okay. actually showed up. It just—it—it it, it just couldn't be anom- anomalous. Right, right. So right. It was actually—it happened. It had the peaked roofs and it, it would look like a village. So it was like sometimes I think there be interdimensional villages or interdimensional beings and all that. They. Uh, they can be seen if you're able to bend our re- the light and our reality a little bit. They can, the, and especially in a place where the veil is thin, mm-hmm. then I don't think it takes much bending. When when something's very thin and it's bent, mm-hmm. then you can see right through it. You know. Now, the people that can see these things, you know,
0: would be viewed as special or unique that have these abilities to yeah. see little people, Sasquatch, these things from mythical realms. Once well first of all, do you think that some people are chosen to do that? And are you one of those people?
1: I don't want to I hate the term special. I mean i mean well, just I uh, because you know they even joked right. about it. the alien says you're special. So you're yeah. a duck or something like right, that. Right you get know, on the short I think they're beautiful. they're what they're doing they're 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 yank- ego, right. ego chain a little yeah. bit. There. So, um, I I don't think it's so much special. I think that some of us have have came here before birth and actually uh, had a reason for being here. And that's just part of our contact link. You know, we were meant to be out there in, that, in our lifetime to actually interact with these beings. Some of us, that was part of our life plan from before birth. Right. And that's a whole different story if I... I had... Given you about that anyway. well, does that get into re- reincarnation a little bit? <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That and uh, things that have to do with soul incarnation from other places other than your okay. other, other, uh, other uh, places like the Pleiades or the Andromedas. Well, let me ask you this then. Do the little people seem familiar to you like you might have some connection to them? I think there is some, yes. Okay. I think because... The, the actual beings that are uh, full-blown aliens like, from these places, uh, they're familiar with them. They are familiar with them directly. And uh, I'm not going to say that I'm an alien at all. Okay, I'm a human being. I was born as a human. However, the soul itself is... is Everything that has soul, we're just inhabiting these bodies. But my soul origin that I will not say necessarily is something that is homegrown on this planet. Okay. And, and a lot of things have made itself apparent because a lot of things I was able to remember and a lot of technology I was able to absorb on my own. I, I, I taught myself a lot of things. I was able to be a very successful uh, uh, com- computer programmer for years. Got into electronics and technology, and, and it all just seemed like child's play. Right. Music seemed yes. like child's play. I right. mean, it's uh, it's not because of anything special. I think from a reincarnation standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, you're these are abilities you had, you developed in the past anyway. Right. You just all of a sudden didn't become a prodigy and I think you're doing all this stuff. So um, I think it's just. You're re-remembering re- the things that you did before, and it's, it's easier because you're just getting a refresher course right. on technology or music or anything else that you're doing. And then you're integrating that in why you came here in the first place. Well, I need to use these abilities for the greater good of, of mankind. I'm not going to selfishly squander them away on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I view my own life. My whole life right now is about service to others. There's, there's two kinds of people, service to others, service to self, and uh, there's too much of the service to self that goes the, with the human race, so people need to be more mindful of that we exist as a collective group, not not as just independent individuals that can go their way and not care about the next person, you know. Did any of your worldview shift for the better, like you're explaining
0: now, mm-hmm. uh, because of your experiences?
1: Has this made you a oh, more, yeah. I think, more uh, complete person? There's been the telepathic communication. There's been the, the, the communication ever since these experiences started, uh, whether through dream state or through uh, download of knowledge and, and the interaction I have with mm-hmm. interdimensional beings like Sasquatch or little people. They're shaping my thinking. They, they are, uh, are they and, talking to you now? Are you getting messages at all? I get the strong vibes where if if if, my, if I'm asked a question, I can almost come back with an answer like coming from them, or from them, or the guides. And you can tell who's doing it. Not specifically, okay. no. Um, it, it's almost like I'm the mouthpiece of being able to, not channeling. Uh-huh. I don't want to call it channeling. But it's not channeling. I'm, I have. You have a problem with that word? A little. <laughs> I, well, it's just that these people that go on are channeling eyes eyes. in a trance. As Sam's eyes roll back When when a message needs to be said, yeah. they step they step up to it and actually give me the words to. In other words, the thoughts just start to flow, and then I start telling whatever I need to say. You know, if someone asks a pertinent question, then if they want me to respond, enough I'll do it. But you don't just walk up to people and say the little people want me to tell
0: you. That no, you because
1: it's, that's not the point. Because it's yeah. uh, free will, and we're not meant to walk up to every Tom, Dick, and Harry and say, right, you know, hey, like these people, the preachers, the, the, the end is near. So you need to repent. Uh-huh. You know, no, it's it's just no, it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> We were meant to run, like, like interact with sure. certain people. The universe brings people together. The universe picks yeah. and chooses yeah. certain the individuals to get in contact, and and then certain things need to be said to, like people that are just waking up. Then, I, when you get together with them, and you're an awakened person, the guides will just automatically just work through you and say what that person needs at that time, to kind of make them think about it and wake up, you know, for their awakening. So. Okay. Let me ask you this: As far as
0: the, the dark side of the veil, yeah, have
1: you experienced anything dark? Um, there was a lot of darkness before in my life before my the, before my experiences, and especially before like two thousand eight and all that. Uh, I had some life-changing experiences then. There's been a slow change in my own personality from someone who was always angry, always had a little bit of a means. Was well, a kind person, but it wouldn't take much to get me, like, riled up or angry and, and start yelling and screaming, you know what I mean? Uh, but I was a very, I'm uh, not a very happy camper in my life at that time. Um, uh,
0: but you haven't had any darkness from... Having no. things attached to you, maybe going into the wrong part of the woods and having something follow you home. home, no. like uh, a hitchhiker, well, some people would call. I don't
1: it. go out in the woods by myself, you know, unless I'm really close. You no, know, I'm, I'm not worried about entities or anything, because uh, I don't carry the fear that, you know, it's the fear that causes you to be a target. If you harbor the fear, they'll use it, and they'll, you a fear is allowing an entity permission to come in and mess with you. If you don't harbor fear, they have no power. Uh, They have no power over you. Wait.
0: Okay, that's interesting. You said fear is a permission
1: slip for them to enter you. Yes. I've never heard of. And you know what? They want as many humans to have that permission slip as possible. So that's why they work with the music. That's why they influence people in the uh, movie industry, the horror movies, Mm -hmm. and it's all about increasing the fear. Even. And you know, I hate to say it even some radio shows or some talk shows and right. you know, oh let's let's add the element of fear, even some of these Bigfoot shows you know, let's add the element of fear. Right. Like you know, like the monsters out there and all that. Says you're not helping the cause. If you pay attention to that stuff all the time, it'll it'll grind on you start you start yeah. You start harboring the fear and then you're giving permission for the dark ones to start messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Wow. I've never heard of Phrase like yeah. that, the permissions. But it's a good way to look at it. So, what's the one thing that you haven't seen? Because you've seen a lot that you want to see. I mean, we well, we've only skimmed the surface, probably, of what you've seen. But I know that I'm it goes beyond. What, what are you
1: waiting to see? I'm told to be patient. In other words, I'm I'm uh, doing what I need to do. Right now, I'm. You know, I got, uh, I'm doing, I'm talking, you know, I'm doing talk show. So.
0: Oh, yeah, well, let's come back to that.
1: But yeah, I want to ask you
0: first what you want to, what you haven't seen that you want to see as far as, like, something
1: um, impossible. Well, that's, that's tough because I've seen about everything I could. Have you seen a water creature? Have you seen? No, a, no. I, you have well, anything? I've seen it. I, yeah, I mean, I've actually seen, like in waterfalls, I actually see creatures sometimes. In, in oh, many really? Yeah, I can see them in the pictures. And I can see them moving. I can see them like whole families. Like a spirit people. within the waves? Yeah, like okay. the spirits sometimes... Like water spirit. Uh, spirits can sometimes, the way they manifest sometimes, they use the material around them to kind of distort the material. Right. And if, that's why you see beings in front of trees and things like that, or... Uh, Behind, I mean, they're usually in front of a rock or something because they're able to manipulate the, the color behind them mm-hmm. and distort the patterns so it, it, it looks like something is visible. They make themselves yeah. visible that way.
0: And I mean, there's such confirmation not only with what you've seen but what Barb described. And then you have that added bonus of Dr. Bruce Maccabee's wife who went on the record in that missing colon one the Hunter's Edition, mm-hmm. the newest Polites one, where she, this well-known uh, doctor's wife was in a hunting stand and she saw a cloaked figure right in front of her hunting tree uh, that she was... And then oh. there was a giant UFO sighting right down the way. It still blows me away, that encounter. But there's so many people mm-hmm. that have described uh, the kind of things that you've described that it's still very difficult to have them... Speak about it publicly for well, obvious reasons. What do you What do you tell people that are afraid to talk about this? How I, I I
2: work
0: after a week. Have
1: another beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about your question because it's yeah. it's it's how you handle the first few things in the first place. And you know, I mean, I've actually uh, when I it's the individual. I mean, I saw someone. I was told to go to a camp. I had a friend at the camp who. Had these strange abilities to manipulate UFOs in the sky and manipulate them, and was uh, pointing up at the sky and says, "Watch this." He would, I uh, have a finger pointing up the sky and move it across. So he'd say, "Take a look at that little star up there." He'd move his finger across like this, like wave it, and the light would move. He actually, he, and then he did a U pattern, and the light would move with it up in the sky, and then uh, I saw this with my own eyes. That was about as life-changing as seeing the light beams in the field of dreams. Um, I said, man, I, I would have give you $200 to see that again. I'd, I mean, I, says, I could not believe it. So my first thought to you I said, who are you? Who is your mom? Well, I was giving away. It. I was in an orphanage, but my mom gave me away when I was young. I says, why? I says, she didn't like the way I was moving pencils from across the table. And he was the basis of uh, he was the basis of the story I wrote that gave the emphasis uh, to me finishing the first book I wrote you know Sasquatch journey through the veil vale. so that was a kind of a catalyst for me to actually start writing because that's such an interesting story and in what I saw and experienced and then about the light beams that, that hit him because they caught on to what he was doing and they retaliated and, and like steam coming off his body and his eyes turning I mean this is the girlfriend yeah. and frantically uh, uh, revealing this stuff to me and I was there too when part of this happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, nothing surprises me, but yet the, there was a couple that was camping, was witnessing this. Their reaction to this was fear and they left. They, they couldn't deal with it. So I would say if, if you want to experience these things, you probably can if you go out in the woods, but if you're if you're going to take an attitude that you're going to be fearful about everything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then maybe you need to just stay in the city or something. I, I mean, you got to change your attitude because as long as you harbor fear in your life, fear about anything, then you're always going to have trouble. Always going to have trouble. The minute you get you get, get rid of fear, fear of a lot of things, mm-hmm. fear of government, fear of you know, I could go down the road of a lot of different things. Fear of retaliation by it. whatever. Um, you're an independent person. You're a, a unique person in this universe and you demand the respect of other beings and, and according, you right. know, likewise. So as long as you understand that, everything is precious. The smallest being, the ant, the animal, the lion, the, they're all, they're not monsters. You know, they're just different beings. Let me ask you: You said the government, as far as fear,
0: have you ever had any reason to be fearful of the government involved, being involved with what you're talking about? Have you ever paid the price in any way?
1: No, I think once you, they don't like people. At some point, they target the ones that are making the biggest mouthpiece, but you know, that are more well known. Mm That they don't want certain information out to the public. They don't want people to know that a lot of the stuff that I've discovered exists because it'll make them question what they've been taught. And it changes the narrative for their control. It's harder to manage. It's harder to manage people when they they think, well, they don't want people to know that they've been lied to all their lives. Mm -hmm. Because that'll cause more of a state of rebellion. And and uh, you've never control. been
0: specifically targeted in any way. Not
1: that I'm aware of. Anyone you know? Not not late. No. <laughs> not lately. <laughs> not because of this. No. Okay. Okay. Um, I I try to not aggravate a situation either. I'm, I I'm not the kind of person that'll shove this information down your throat right, either. Right. Right. Yeah. No. You're um, not. I I try to be matter of fact, it's, and you know I figure if I'm on YouTube or. Right. Uh, a talk show or something talking about this This is I'm just all I'm doing is relating experiences It's up to you whether or not you want to believe them or not but I'm giving you the opportunity to make that decision and encourage you to go out yeah. there and get the experiences for yourself in closing here let people know how they
0: can get a hold of you to know more about what you're up to and what you
1: have coming in the future? You mentioned a podcast, another book, a book, you know, music. Well, are you going to do? Well, maybe those, those are, there's only one lifetime to try to do multiple projects, so things have to take a backseat sometimes. But um, most people get on, if you're on Facebook, you can just simply search for Planet Sasquatch, two words, Planet Sasquatch, and look for the first Facebook group that shows up and uh and click join if you're interested in looking at my ongoing research uh we also have the youtube channel called planet sasquatch same thing just search for that and and, uh, subscribe with the alarm bell to that you know for any i haven't posted as many videos there as as much as i do pictures on facebook um i also have planetsasquatch.com. You might find some interesting stuff there because I have links to some previous shows that have been on and talked about this information. And also I have slides of, of some of these images we were talking about during this podcast.
0: Again, that was Sam Ritchie from Greenwater, Washington relating some incredible encounter stories. And I think we'll have Sam on the guest roster of people showing up in October. Maybe that'll be the next time we meet at the Manresa Castle. That would be the Podcastle Live, Strange Brow Live podcast. The first one in Port Townsend, Washington. Your chance to go and meet some people in a haunted castle and, and sit back and have some great food and history about the Port Townsend shady past, I guess we'll call it. Ron Moorhead will be there. Uh, psychic medium and consultant for the LAPD, Sarah Nash, as well as Barb Shoup with the infamous cloaking video to be discussed. And now, possibly, we're trying to still work on this one, Marcia K. Moore, who also has uh, worked on some art, I guess you would call it, some forensic art at that for Ancient Aliens. And then we're going to have a Theremin player there to do our intermission. And it's gonna be a big party. I think a lot of people are going to end up staying the night. So check out the Castle NPT. Uh, That's I-N-P-T dot com. The Castle NPT. Or type in Manresa Castle. Um, The 25th of October is a free event. The Halloween party on the 26th. Which I believe is also a costume party. is like a $10 door fee. And there's still room available. So you can type that in. Go to Manresa Castle. M-A-N-R-E-S-A Castle. All right, that's the show for us. I will be uploading more archive videos to YouTube and making some more announcements here shortly. Thanks again for listening, and as always, I will see you in the trees.